Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello, everyone. I'm Carlos Silva from the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, bringing you the second edition of the Red Raider Podcast, brought to you by the Avalanche Journal. As part of the Texas Tech football season, we're doing these uh, weekly. I do one with Don at the end of the week to kind of answer your questions from Twitter and get his analysis. But uh, the first of the week, we got Ryan King from KLBK, the sports director there. And we've added a new friend of mine and also my favorite TV personality, David Collier of <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. I appreciate that. I'm just Butter trying to, up. I'm just trying to do the the, the great intros. You know, I I, I kind of did that for Ryan last year, and I felt I might as well do it for you. You know, <laughs> I'd expect nothing else. That's he's my favorite too, so it works out. All right, well, there you two go. For two. Awesome. <laughs> I'll try well, to change yeah. that. Yeah, just off the top, obviously, uh, just I uh, got both of you guys here, so we'll chat a little bit about the Tech football game. Some of the things you thought went right, some things that you thought went wrong. And then uh, hopefully we'll be done in about 30 minutes. So anyone that's listening to this at the, at the gym can know that they've uh, got the 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes a day, you know? So on that note, I know it wasn't uh, pretty, but Texas Tech did get the win, unlike some other Big 12 conference foes. I guess uh, just from you, Collier, since you were kind of sitting next to me in the press box, I guess what did you kind of see from this game that made you feel like, oh, okay, this isn't uh, too good? Uh, well, I, I think it would probably be, what, at least four p- passes of uh, 45 yards or more. It just seemed like the secondary was uh, a bit confused at times. Obviously, I know we got some new faces out there, but that was probably the most concerning thing. I mean, there was that chunk of time when the offense didn't do anything that allowed HBU to stay in it. But, yeah, I would I would say the defensive issues just moving forward. I know you're not going to see – well, actually, you are going to see uh, some variation of this offense a couple times in the Big 12. That's definitely concerning. And then uh, you get two weeks to figure out how to stop uh, Sam Ellinger's passing attack. Not as good, but still, I know they can throw the football some. Although, let's keep this in mind. I mean, they were playing that vaunted UTEP defense, so who knows? <laughs> you, you never know. I mean, uh, Sam Ellinger did, did look uh, like a Heisman against – the old miners. We'll see if Texas Tech's able to do the same. I don't know if you kind of want to echo the same things, Ryan. But one thing that I liked, at least from from watching Texas Tech, they had a couple of couple of uh, offensive drives with eleven plus plays or or more. I thought that was good, just because you know that they can do it. Granted, again, you have the caveat of it is Houston Baptist. Yes, it is. But uh, from my perspective, this is their first kind of quote unquote scrimmage that they had. So you got to see how some guys played in some real game situations. I, I don't know what, what, what you kind of took away from it. I, I did think it was interesting. Allen there talked at the end how uh, they kind of wanted to see some longer drives and not just, you know, 70-yard bombs because that's – well, that's cool to see. They yes. wanted to see, you know, how the offense looks clicking down the field. Uh, I don't always try to skew positive. I'll try to skew positive with the defense a little bit. And while I agree uh, with Collier, they looked um, a little confused on some of those bombs, especially you know as the game went on. It's like Houston Baptist was settling in and Texas Tech was losing their way. 
you could point out the fact that they had two goal line stops, one being an interception, the other one actually a fourth and one stop. You don't have those. They might lose the game. So while the defense did not perform to the level that you want, at least they had two of those stops when they were right there about to score that might have saved the entire game for them. Well, that's true. But here's the thing, too, and I'm sure Collier can kind of uh, talk to this, too. One of those was Houston Baptist's fault. I don't know why they went to a fake play to where the running back is throwing a football. I I mean, they they were moving the ball so well against that defense that they kind of threw that out of nowhere. And minus, if I'm not mistaken, I think that ball was tipped. So Mm -hmm. Christian was able to get that. And then again, I know that it's a lot of nitpicking, whatever you want to do with it. But the fact that McPherson didn't stay in the end zone and kind of got it to the one yard line didn't help things much because at that point the offense wasn't really clicking it as you were talking about Ryan but David I guess for you I know they did make those big plays when they did need to be made uh you still have to make the interception no matter what Houston Baptist did Krishan Merriweather is as advertised he made the fourth and one stop before halftime I thought that was huge for Texas Tech because if they score then they get the ball back and then who knows what happens at that point point. Uh, I'm sure we'll follow up with uh, other questionable late uh, late decisions on not kicking a field goal. I have a feeling that might pop up, but just think if you're Houston Baptist there, they probably should kick that field goal there. If anything, it just didn't make sense their play call considering they didn't have much success, run, I, don't, I don't know, running the football. But, uh, yeah, that was one issue play call-wise. But, yeah, Kershawn Merriweather uh, just named Big 12 defense, or which one was it? I know he just got uh, – a Big 12 award for that's pretty pretty solid effort for him out the shoot. Uh, what did he have? 12 tackles, um, defensive, defensive player of the week, player not even newcomer. Week. How about that? Not too bad, not too shabby. Certainly a guy that uh, Matt Wells has been talking very highly of. I know he mentioned he's a guy that can kind of shred through some offensive linemen or just some uh, offensive players as well. And he certainly showed a knack for the football and just having kind of all those things happen for Texas Tech. It's certainly some positives, but, but yeah, I mean, j- j- just from your all's view. At halftime, what were you thinking at that point? Because at least from my perspective, it seemed like Texas Tech was kind of playing to its playing to its opponent, frankly. I mean, it, it really seemed like at first, it seemed like, okay, things are okay. Five plays, 80 yards, got your touchdown, okay, everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, just things just didn't go as smoothly as you wanted to. And I don't know if maybe that's kinks. I know Coach Wells says he doesn't want to be an excuse guy, but certainly not having scrimmages or even – you know, just kind of your normal offseason may play into it. But, I mean, for lack of a better term, Texas did kind of put it up on UTEP. There were some other uh, teams such as Oklahoma, as you both know, that did pretty well against Missouri State. Uh, I guess just, Ryan, I guess from your perspective, when you kind of see what, what they did in the first half, I guess what were your initial thoughts? It's funny you bring that up because I, while I agree with you, I think they were playing to their opponent's level, which they did a lot last year. Having said that, they did – with that fourth down stop right before half, that's where I thought, okay, it's first game. They haven't scrimmaged. They're playing down. That stop's going to spark them. They're going to come back out saying if they're going to score, they're going to put the game away. Um, so, actually, at halftime, I wasn't feeling too negative about it, regardless of the score, because they had just got the fourth down stop. So, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to spark the defense. The offense is going to come out, immediately go down and score. You score, it's 28-10, to 10, and then uh, maybe, you know, maybe this team – this Houston Baptist team doesn't have the same belief as if they score, they get it back to a four-point game, seven-point game, whatever, if you can kind of bury them. So at halftime, I wasn't feeling uh, too negative about the team 
because I thought that, okay, they finally had that stop and they're going to start clicking here. And you mentioned without those practices, like without full on normal practice, without scrimmages, without, it was just such a weird off season. I mean, you saw Iowa state lose, you saw Kansas state lose. And I, I know those teams were uh, better than this Houston Baptist team, but it's just showing that th- these first couple weeks can be so weird that I really was not too negative at halftime. I think it was later in the game when I started to think like, especially cause they were hitting the 65 yard bomb seemingly at will. That was more so uh, the time where I thought, okay, Texas Tech needs to do something here. They might actually lose this game. Collier, did you feel the same way? Like you felt like it was kind of trending toward Houston Baptist before that big stop? Uh, well, I, the thing that concerned me, I think, more than anything, and I think this is, goes back to the rush thing, and you hate to use that as an excuse, but there were yeah. a couple of deep passes that Alan Bowman had to hit. That That's one true. to Rigdon uh, seemed like that was a, an easy, uh, if not long gain, a touchdown for Rigdon. If it, he was able to run underneath it, he had to dive for it. The thing that concerned me, I wasn't necessarily concerned going into halftime other than the fact that I had a couple of stops there on the offensive end was the fact that the defense comes out and they get a stop, and then immediately it's three and out for the Red Raiders on offense. And then, then you kind of go, uh you're kind of you're kind of letting them stay in this thing, and as we found out, you know they were a lot more capable of making the big plays on offense than the Red Raiders were. So of course, uh, the the other big thing was in that second half, Houston Baptist really kind of stepped up and started scoring the ball. They were able to score outscore, pardon me, the Red Raiders twenty three to fourteen, which is certainly not good. But sir, fortunately, Texas Tech did have that big lead early on, so I guess you can look at that. Overall, at least from my perspective. I like to do a lot of comparisons. Don doesn't like it when I do this. I don't know how you all feel about it. It just from a up and down, kind of watching some stuff happen, playing down to your opponent, some kind of crazy calls, either not made or made. It really felt like last year's Kansas game, but you were able to find a way to get a victory to me. Um, I don't know how you all feel about it, but just from – the mistakes, I know you alluded to it, David, but not going for that field goal to make it a two-score game late. I mean, with three minutes, yes, the offense was clicking. I suppose if you want to make a statement, if you're Matt Wells, to get that first down, I can see that. But the fact that he kind of used the fact that uh, 95% of the time you do get the fourth down, yes, I get that. But, I mean, maybe you want to do another play or maybe you look for something else that may be a more high percentage. But – I mean, the one thing is, is Trey Wolf has been really good at kicking field goals, and that's a pretty pretty big deal right there. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I, I think he ended up, I think he said 75%. Not that I'm nitpicking. It just helps my uh, argu- argument a little bit more. Uh, he said 75% of the time you convert on fourth and one there. And if it doesn't work, they got to drive, what, 96 yards. Uh, uh, Trey Wolf was 90.9% on his field goal attempts last year, and his two misses were – over 40 yards so that was not over uh, 40 by the way (laughs) what's that that was not no yeah nowhere near maybe it was too close for comfort I don't know but uh I I would have I would have liked the answer just to have been yeah we wanted to prove we could get the yard because I think I mean we can all agree that was probably the answer there but uh 
you got to lean on the numbers and you got to take the hit there yourself as the head coach. Which, which again, and, and I'll let you speak on that too, Ryan. But I mean, he, I mean, I did ask him, he did bring up the fact that the 75%. So, I mean, he did answer the question a little bit, but I, I, I really think there was a little bit more to the 75%. I think he wanted to show or at least have his players say like, Hey, I've got your back. I want to see what you got in this situation because I mean, for, for all we know, this could be a situation they have against Texas. And he says, hey, we did this before. We failed, but I want to see if you guys do it again. So I, I certainly think – I know that there are many things we can nitpick, but I think that the other thing that you have to look at is what other way can you mimic this type of situation in practice to where you have fourth and one, you can close it out with a field goal, but you know what? Hey, let's go for it. Let's prove a point here against – set opponent. I think that was the best way to do it. Unfortunately, they were unable to do that. And, and I'll bring up some other points as to maybe some other reasons why maybe if, if, if you don't want to take the plane down to the opponent, I, I can kind of make, make an argument to that. But Ryan, I guess for you, what, what were your thoughts on not kicking that field goal there? I, was, I might be in the minority on this one here. Okay, here's my thought. You're playing Oklahoma at home. You're up, uh, you're up six with Two minutes to go. You kick the field goal. You make it a two-possession game. Matt Wells, I agree that he should have explained it more, but I, if, if it were my call, I would have done the exact same thing. When you are in a one-possession game against a team that you should flatten, you have to have trust in your team from the four-yard line to at least get a first down, if not score. So oh, I agree. I 100% was like, I knew as soon as they didn't get it, okay, he's going to get second guess mm -hmm. on this because – to me, it was almost worse to kick the field goal because then you're saying, okay, this game is in such doubt. We just need to get the field goal to make it two possessions and end it. Where if I'm a player on that team, like, coach, this is Houston Baptist. We haven't played in a while. We need to get some confidence going before we play, I don't know, a top 10 Texas Longhorn team in two weeks. I absolutely thought it was the right call to say, we're going to go out there. We're the better team. We're going to score. We're going to end up winning by 14 or whatever. So I had no problem with it. Now, you can make a different argument on what your play call should be or that kind of stuff. But Correct. as far as going for it, I had – I thought it was totally the right call because if he gets it, everyone today is thinking, oh, Matt Wells, he's really showing that he believes in his guys. You know, so I think it was 100% the right call. Wait, so you're saying if he didn't – if he didn't go for it, he didn't believe in his guys? No, I don't – no, I don't think that shows belief in your guys at all. If you're just kicking a field goal to say, okay, let's just put this game out of reach of the Huskies – Let's make it to where they have to score twice. I think the only way to show belief in your guys in that moment with less than five minutes to play in the game is let's score a touchdown, let's put this away. No, I agree. Yes, that's, that's the ideal situation is to put them away. But that didn't happen, and the defense looked like it failed until they were in that two-point conversion. And they, they succeeded in the two-point conversion, but they didn't the other 96 yards or whatever it was. No, and I just think in that moment, I think he makes the decision just based off the offense. Like, hey, yeah. we need to punch this. I don't think – I doubt he's factoring in, hey, yeah, if we don't get this, the offense probably going to give up like a 90-yard touchdown. Because yeah. he's thinking, regardless of the struggles, they are getting the ball on what the four-yard line was it. Like, that is still really tough to go the other way. Like, that is still really difficult. I mean, I, I, I will give you this, Ryan. I do agree with going on fourth. I mean, again, you can be uh, left or right in terms of – okay, maybe the play call probably wasn't the correct one, however you want to do that. But I do agree that they should have gone for the confidence factor. I certainly think it's a good uh, situational game type thing to look at the film. Um, but certainly to David's point, yes, the offense was looking good. And frankly, David, I mean, I know you kind of are giving some credit where maybe it shouldn't be due. 
Houston Baptist dropped that dro- dropped the ball in that two point. Yeah. And yeah. Let, 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 let's just kind of throw that out there along with that uh, kind of fake play or trick play that they were trying to do with the running back that Zach McPherson uh, was able to intercept. I mean, let's just throw that out there. Houston Baptist didn't help themselves a few times, but certainly Texas Tech didn't hurt themselves. But one day they did do, they get the W, which is the most important thing at the end of the day. And just to but I, I do want to say, in case this happens in the future, just wanted to be totally clear. If in two weeks they are up eight against Texas with four minutes to go, you kick the field goal. You make an 11-point <laughs> game. Just put it, like, make it a two-possession game. This is a different scenario. In a big game like that against a, a hardcore opponent, I think you can – you have a little At home, room. too, by the way. Yes, you have a little more wiggle room in decisions. With all the cardboard teams. fans cheering. The impersonators. Loved it. Yes, impersonators. But uh, last thing before we kind of, I guess, maybe touch on some other things, fellas. Um, of course, we're not in normal times right now, COVID, testing. One thing that Don and I would notice during pregame, there were some guys that weren't on the field, uh, weren't warming up. And maybe these are some factors as to maybe why you weren't as successful. However you want to use the excuse or just to throw that in there to let let you know, hey, they still were able to pull this out because – Let's be honest, Iowa State was missing uh, uh, Charlie Kohler from their lineup. Yes, they lost to Louisiana. They should have not been that way, but you are missing some significant players, and Texas Tech was as well, one being Xavier White, a running back that could have helped you. Another, McLean Mannix, an inside wide receiver that helped you last year that could have helped you. More importantly, some guys on the offensive line like Zach Adams that could have helped you. And on defense where I know you guys are mentioning this and I'm sure the, the Twitters, cause I don't follow it as you guys know, I don't are we talking about it, but Colin schooler, a guy that Matt Wells was talking about starting it at middle linebacker. He wasn't playing and a guy eh, you know, that's supposed to replace Douglas Coleman from last year. DeMarcus field was not out there. So again, you, you're not playing with your, with your full deck, so to speak but they were able to find a way to win. And I think that's the most important thing that you can take away from Matt Wells. Yes, he didn't play pretty. And I know we mentioned this on his uh, opening statement, didn't play pretty, but the thing is that you got the win. So at least you have that in your pocket. You've, you're one and oh, however you want to spin that in, in these current times. But certainly it's, it, it's a victory where you found out that you have a lot of flaws that being on the back end of the defense uh, you're still doing what you did last year, which was give up some big plays. That's the whole reason that there were some changes in the secondary. So I'm certain uh, those guys will probably get some some word from Matt Wells during the next two weeks, which is the other important thing that people forget. They have two weeks to prepare for Texas now because of the current time. So I, I think if, if, if you're looking at this from a fan perspective, yes, they struggled, but you got two weeks now with some game film. The coaches can look at said game film or no – at least from being on the field, how the guys responded to certain situations. So now if you're able to play with a full deck or maybe you're able to play with certain guys, you know what, what you've got. Because, I mean, for, for what we know, in two weeks, maybe Sam Ellinger isn't available. You know? I mean, it's just one of those things where you just don't know what's going on. But I guess just my final thought is, fortunately, they got the win. I think they got a scrimmage under their belt now, and I think they know what they're doing, or at least they know what they have. Uh, let's start with you, Ryan, in terms of your final thoughts on it. My final thoughts, I agree with you. you got to get the win. Because, man, how different would this be if they end up dropping that game? The belief would be completely opposite. Uh, you got to get the win. They do have two weeks. I don't know how positive that really is, though, because Texas also has two weeks. Um, so, yes, they have time to prepare for them. But 
what Collier said right at the beginning is absolutely is, is the number one thing. That secondary is going to have to be ready. I mean, it doesn't get any easier in the Big 12 week in and week out. So they're – I don't know if it is a missing guys. Like, yes, you know, Colin Schooler is going to help. There's different guys that can come back and help this team, but they're going to have to be more disciplined. If they're giving up bombs like that, they're going to be in trouble. So that's the number one thing I took away from was the secondary is going to have to be locked in and the whole team's going to have to be locked in. It felt like at different times we didn't touch on this as much, but the offense was clicking and then they weren't for a long time. The defense was holding them and then they weren't. It was just, it felt like every side of the ball you could have was very inconsistent. And Carlos, you and I, and the whole month of July talked about consistency with this program, and that's really what you're going to have to see if they want to win four, five, six games. They want to get bowl eligible. They want to be a factor in the conference. You're going to have to see consistency for an entire game. Uh, yeah, and for me, same thing. I mean, a win is a win at this point. Uh, you kind of It kind of stinks that you just didn't open with HBU. I mean, HBU had a, a game under their belt, and they played a Division One opponent, and they were successful moving the football. So they came in here confident. Remember, they're only playing three games. So basically, they have three bowl games to play against that's all true. these teams. I mean, that, that's not an excuse to give up 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bailey Zappi, if he was in – the FCS right now, or the FBS, sorry. Uh, he would be the nation's leading passer. Over in front of Alan Bowman, like, coincidentally. What's that? In front of yeah. Alan Bowman, coincidentally. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I, that's not the excuse, but at the same time, you've got guys like Dadrian Taylor. We just found out a couple of weeks ago that he was moved to cornerback, and he's playing yeah. cornerback for the first time. Who knows? He might have been playing cornerback the whole practice, but we just learned about it. Um yeah, and you get guys back. It's Unfortunately, we're going to be dealing with this every single game day is figuring out who's going to be put here or there. So, eventually, that's not going to be an excuse for anybody. But I'm if I'm Matt Wells, I'm like he said in his opening statement, I'm happy with the win. I'm not happy with the way they got it. Absolutely. Well, once again, I appreciate both of you all. That's Ryan King, KLBK Sports Director, and David Collier of KMAC Sports. He's the sports director out there. We're talking a little bit about Texas Tech football each week, usually Mondays, and hopefully this will come out on Tuesday for everyone trying to figure out when to go work out for 30 minutes because we try to keep these at 30 minutes to help you all out for that. Um, Appreciate you all uh, joining us. We'll do this every week and uh, appreciate you all listening. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts or whatever you do, uh, I guess, add on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a tech Ryan. Right, <laughs> just search it go to the purple podcast app type in the the red raider podcast it'll pop there up here carlos's velvety tones twice a week because he has don later in the week here with the three of us early in the week this is why i have tv people so they know how to talk <laughs> better than me so appreciate y'all doing this again follow us on apple podcast do all that stuff give us a nice rating so everyone can kind of find us as well but as ryan said don't forget to search us on red raiders Com, and then, of course, LubbockOnline.com for all your Texas Tech information. Don't forget to check out KLBK and KMAC as well. Red Raider Nation, because that's what David Collier does. And we appreciate you watching on the television as well. Appreciate y'all listening. We'll talk to you next week.